What's up, everybody? Gen X Divinet Investor here. I hope you're staying positive and safe during these incredibly trying times. You will make it through this. Today, I'm going to show you two things I love about dividends and dividend investing that aren't broadly known or understood based on my conversations with dividend investors. The first one usually surprises people, and the second one is mind-blowing. And as always, I'm not a financial advisor, so don't take this as accurate financial advice. So there are lots of reasons dividend growth investors love dividends that you've probably heard about, like it is the most passive income generating vehicle out there, like how our dividend compounding enables our income to come in at faster and faster rates, like the fact that volatile stock prices generally don't impact our quality dividend income, market up or market down, we generally keep growing our income, like how we can buy and hold rather than deal with the stress of timing things to sell like how dividends can create generational wealth for ourselves and our kids, and their kids, and so on. Like how we become an owner in companies. Like how dividends can eventually let you stop trading your time for money as you become financially free. Now I'm going to show you two more reasons to love dividends and how dividends are more valuable than you might realize. The first reason is that even if you are spending all your dividend income, you can still double the income you are generating in about 10 years assuming you are investing in quality dividend companies that have a good portfolio-weighted CAGR. I'll show you an example of how my portfolio could perform using a dividend calculator on buyupside.com. Okay, here we are on buyupside.com using the dividend income calculator. And I put in portfolio value, my portfolio's average weighted starting dividend yield, which is 4.07%, and my CAGR, which is 7.68%. We'll assume I'm adding no cash to the portfolio and we'll run this estimator for 50 years. Okay, so the way to read this is this column right here is if you are just spending the cash and not reinvesting the dividends. And this column right here is the column for if you are reinvesting the dividends. So let's start with this one on the right first of all. So basically, about every six years, it will take for your income to double if you're reinvesting the dividends. So you see in one year, we're at 53,000, and in about six years, we hit 100,000, which is about double. And then if we go another six years, so one, two, three, four, five, we can see about, and actually about five years, we've doubled it. So from 205, if we go five years, we go one, two, three, four, so here we've doubled it in about four years. So you can see the because the CAGR is so high, how quickly it can double. So if your income was four hundred nine thousand dollars, then in one, two, three, four, you can see again it's doubling faster. And what's really amazing is that here, dividends paid without dividend reinvestment. If you're at fifty-three thousand dollars in one year, because right now I'm about fifty thousand, you can see in about nine years, nine to 10 years is how long it takes to double. So here we are at year 10, it hits $104,000 a year. And then in another 10 years, looks like about nine years it takes to double. And so in another nine years, you can see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, we've doubled about again. So that's what's pretty amazing is that even if you are just taking out the cash and you're spending it each year, your dividend income can still double in about nine to 10 years, even if you're using them all up. And if you're reinvesting it, you can see it 
gets faster and faster. It's around five or six years, but even that increases over time. Now, is it likely the Kyger is going to stay that good that long? Probably not. But if you pick quality companies, there's there's a chance. And so I think this recession that we're probably going to be going through is going to be the first real test since 2008 and before that 2000, 2001 to see how quality of companies you've invested in. Okay, now I'm going to show you another reason that you should love dividends, and it is in freaking credible. But a big disclaimer, I'm not a tax professional, so don't take this as accurate tax advice. Make sure to talk to a real tax person to verify this before assuming it's accurate. However, this is how I understand it to work. Okay, with that out of the way, I'm going to show you how powerful the tax implications are for dividend investing in a simple way for you to actually understand and get excited about taxes. So give this video a like now before we get started, because after watching this, you will probably be so lightheaded due to all the blood rushing out of your head to your naughty bits that you will probably forget to like this video when it's over. Or to say it another way, if the next part of this video doesn't get you all hot and bothered, then I'm sorry to inform you that you're actually an AI. Do you doubt me that seeing examples of dividend taxation compared to non-dividend taxation won't be sexy? Well, brace yourself, Sheila, because the foreplay is over. Let's get it on. Actually, let me correct that. If you work for the IRS, then you might hate this part of my video, because I'm going to show you how dividend investors living solely on dividends can avoid paying any taxes to good old Uncle Sam. So let's kick this off with some relevant data. The median single person income in the US is around $31,000 a year. The median family income in the US is around $59,000 a year. Median means that half the people are under that amount and half the people are over that amount. Using median is better than using average for data like this because average will factor in billionaires and such to the point that it can skew the data to feel non-representative. For this example, let's assume you're single and make $50,000 a year in income from a 9 to 5 job. I'm assuming your income is higher than the median person because you are doing things like watching this video which means you probably have a higher financial literacy than the average person and thus you are probably also making more. If you don't, no worries, I'm sure that you soon will. So if your salary is $50,000 a year, how much do you actually take home? Well, we need to figure out how much you pay in taxes. And again, I'm not a tax guy, but I believe the info I'm about to share is accurate. So go verify all these numbers with an actual tax person. If you have a normal 9 to 5 job, you have to pay social security taxes and Medicare taxes, also known as FICA taxes. FICA taxes, aka Federal Insurance Contributions Act taxes, are a United States federal payroll contribution directed towards both employers and employees to fund Social Security and Medicare, which are federal programs that provide benefits for retirees, people with disabilities, and children of deceased workers. So let's calculate how much FICA taxes you would owe. You use your gross income to calculate FICA taxes. That means you don't get the benefit of using withholding allowances or pre-tax deductions and such. There are some limits and there are some other nuances, so again, use all this info in this video for entertainment purposes only, not as accurate tax advice. Generally how it works is that a salaried person pays 6.2% of income for Social Security and they pay 1.45% of their taxable income for Medicare. So combined they pay 7.65% of their income for Social Security and Medicare. There are some nuances if you make a ton of money and caps can come in place, but for the amount of money I'm talking about, I don't believe they apply. So on $50,000, you pay $3,825 in FICA taxes. And we can verify that amount at a FICA tax calculator on MoneyChimp. Then beyond FICA taxes, you also need to pay your federal income taxes. For that, you get a standard deduction to lower your taxable income. For a single person in 2019, that's $12,200 per year, 
and for a married couple you can deduct double that or $24,400 per year. So using our $50,000 salary single person example, that means your taxable income now is $37,800. Okay, now let's look at what a normal salaried 95 person pays in federal taxes when their taxable income is $37,800. Note, I'm using the 2019 tables rather than the 2020 tables so that I can verify what I do with online calculators, of which I can only find accurate 2019 ones. So let's see what the data on NerdWallet tells us. We have what is called a progressive federal tax system in the US, which means that the more you make, the more you end up paying, with specific percentages of tax owed in specific ranges of income. So in our example, we pay 10% federal taxes on our wage income from $0 to $9,700, which means we'll owe $970 so far in taxes for that portion of our taxes. Then we owe an additional 12% on our wages from $9,701 to $37,800, which equals $3,371.88. So if someone says they're in the highest tax bracket of 37% because they make $1 million, it doesn't mean they pay 370,000 federal tax dollars. On the first $9,700 of their million dollars, they pay 10% taxes, and then the next range they owe 12%, etc., until they owe 37% on around $490,000. Okay, so back to our example. We see that someone making $50,000 in total wages after their standard deduction would owe $4,341.88 in 2019 for federal income taxes. And we can verify that total amount at a 2019 federal tax calculator on MoneyChimp. So the total federal taxes due are their FICA taxes and their federal income taxes, which means they would owe a total of $8,166.88 in taxes, which means their take-home pay would be $41,833.12. This matches what I got on Smart Assets 2019 calculator. Now many folks also have state income taxes, but as each state is fairly unique on how they calculate that, I'm going to assume for this example that you live in Texas or Nevada or Washington or Florida or some other state with no state income taxes. My plan is to live in a state with no state income taxes. Obviously if you had state income taxes then you'd have to factor that in at this point. Okay now here comes the boom. Let's see what your taxes and take home would look like if you had $50,000 of qualified dividend income rather than wage income. So there are basically two main types of dividends, qualified and non-qualified. To be qualified means your shares must be held for more than 60 days throughout the 120-day time period, which begins 60 days before the ex-dividend date, and they can't be something like an MLP or a REIT, which don't enjoy the tax treatment of qualified dividends. Here's an example I saw online. If a company paid a dividend on September 1st and the ex-dividend date was July 20th, you would need to have owned your shares for at least 61 days between May 21st and September 19th. And when you count the days, include the day you sold the shares, but not the day you bought them. Or to generalize, you need to hold your U.S. company dividend for a couple months for it to be considered qualified, assuming it isn't an MLP or a REIT. For reference, my portfolio is over 95% having the potential of being qualified, as I only own 4 dot something percentage in REITs, which I hold in tax-sheltered accounts. Now there are two magical aspects of how qualified dividends are taxed. Number one is that they are taxed at the capital gains rate, which is way, way better than normal earned wage income. And number two is that you don't pay FICA taxes on them, i.e. you don't have to pay Social Security and Medicare taxes on qualified dividends because, and I quote, capital gains are considered unearned income and therefore are not subject to FICA taxes. Let me repeat that. Qualified dividends are not taxed for Social Security or Medicare and get to use the much better capital gains tax tables. Okay, pick your jaw off the floor. I know, hard as a rock, right? Let me show you how amazing this is. Let's take a look at some capital gains tax tables from NerdWallet. 
What we see is that if your taxable long-term capital gains income is $40,000 or less as a single person without other income, you pay zero in federal taxes. Did you hear me? Zero. And remember, you first subtract your standard deduction from your dividend income. But that's not all. You also pay zero dollars for Social Security and Medicare taxes if you only had qualified dividend income. And if you live in a state like Texas, you also would have no state taxes. And that is even if you hold your dividends in a taxable brokerage account. So that means you can make a bit over $50,000 a year in qualified dividend income in a taxable brokerage account in 2019 as a single person, and you would owe zero in taxes. Compare that to a person who's slaving away at their 9-5 job and making a decent $50,000 a year salary, but ends up only taking home $41,833 after they pay their federal taxes, compared to the person with qualified dividend income who is parting on the beach and taking home all of his $50,000 of passive income. Of course, if you made a salary income and had qualified dividend income in a taxable brokerage, then you would have to pay various types of taxes. But I'm trying to do an apples to apples comparison of the power of pure dividend income versus wage income and why your estimated dividends are worth way more than you're probably realizing. Effectively, the buying power of a dollar of qualified dividends is more than the buying power of a dollar of your wages when we account for standard taxation. Or to put it differently, if you made $41,833.12 in dividend income, your take-home pay and your buying power would be the same as having a salary of $50,000. In fact, as a single person for the 2019 federal tax year, you can make $52,400 of qualified dividend income in a taxable brokerage account and pay zero in federal taxes. And if you lived in a state like Texas, you would pay zero taxes overall. Again, I'm not a tax advisor, but that's how I understand it. And it gets even better as a married couple. As a married couple, you can make around $100,000 a year in dividend income and still pay $0 of FICA taxes and $0 of federal taxes. And if you live in a state like Texas, then you're also paying zero in state income taxes. Let that sink in. You are making a bit over $100,000 a year and you'd be paying zero in taxes from a taxable brokerage account. So your dividends are worth way more than you realize because of their amazing preferential tax treatment. Go ahead and go get some tissues to clean up. I'll wait. So why does the government tax qualified dividends less? Well, it's because they want to incentivize people to invest. That's also why rich people get rich faster, because they capitalize on tax vehicles like this. Investment income, like qualified dividends, have always been way better than wage income, and I'm surprised more people don't devote their working careers towards building up enough savings to take advantage of it. Actually, I'm not surprised because this info isn't taught in schools or by most of our parents. I know I wasn't taught it. Anyways. I want you to stay positive as we go through this insane volatility and this terrible pandemic. If you have been impacted by it in any way, then my heart goes out to you. But if you want an online support system where you can talk with other investors, then jump onto my free dividend discord chat server. You get direct access to me as well to around 1,350 other dividend investors, and our numbers are growing all the time. Discord is a free chat service on the internet. You can access it with your browser or with a smartphone app, or you can download a thick client for your computer from www.discord.com. It's easiest to just click a link on the description of this video or download the smartphone app and type in lowercase k, lowercase k, capital S, lowercase r, 5, capital F, capital Y, into the invite field. We have all kinds of experienced investors in this investing chat server, including multiple people who became millionaires through investing, and we have people who have never invested and are just interested to learn. We have all ages represented, from teenagers to people in their 70s. They come from around the world, including Croatia, China, Israel, Cyprus, Kuwait, Romania, Finland, Bulgaria, Sweden, Germany, Canada, Belgium, Singapore, England, Australia, Switzerland, Greece, the Netherlands, and a bunch of others. We have a main chat area that is basically for just normal BSing, 
And then we have a bunch of investing channels for dividend stocks, automated dividend hikes and cuts, non-dividend stocks, ETFs, options, commodities, crypto, real estate, forex, fixed income investments, places to talk about your portfolios, and then miscellaneous rooms to talk about movies and TV, politics, general news, sports, health and fitness, and others. Of course, none of this information on Discord should be taken as financial advice that you act on without doing your own research. Thanks for watching, and I'll chat with you again real soon. Remember, I'm not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments. Don't use this information without double-checking it and talking to someone a lot smarter than me, after you completely understand it. So I'll see you in the next video, and remember to stay positive, patient, play for the long term, keep investing in great companies, budget reasonably, and win. I know you can do it. Just like I know you can hit the subscribe, like, and bell icons, share this video with others, and comment below.